Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Our guest tonight went through one of the worst experiences a person can get ever, ever go through. When she was just 12 years of age, her father committed murder suicide. She survived and wrote a book entitled Orphaned by Suicide. Alicia Sudas uh, Ramdari joins me now. Uh, good, a- good evening to you in your time, I think, or good afternoon. I'm not too sure what time it is now currently in South Africa. Hi, Niall. It is actually 24 minutes past midnight. <laughs> Oh, the, well, the, well, there you go. Only, you're only an hour away from us. That's actually not too far. Now, yeah. <laughs> bef- before we start, I always get name pronunciations wrong, and I hope I pronounced your name properly. Well, you got it 100%. That is wonderful to hear, Alicia. <laughs> they, they'll give me a prize for that later on. Now, I, I want to go back because your story is so tragic, and I was having a quick look at the brief there earlier on, and I can't even imagine what it would be like. Because I remember when I was 12, the worst thing that happened to me was my parents told me I was adopted and that was quite tragic for me. But at 12 years of age, you're just, you're full of emotion. Everything means so much to you. And if you could take us back to that time, if it's not if it's not too painful for you, because I know you've written about it quite a lot in your own book as well, Orphaned uh, by Suicide. But take us back to that that time. Was it a happy family before that? Um, I actually don't mind taking you all back into time. It's good to speak about these things. And um, over time, it's actually made me stronger. And um, we were a very happy family. I wouldn't lie to you. We were a perfect family. And um, at the age of 12, yes, we still enjoying life. And no one gives us the ropes on how to deal with such traumatic um, incidents. Mm. And just sadly, that happened to me at the age of 12 when my dad um, murdered my mom, my younger brother and sister. And he turned the gun on himself. Lucky were you, for me. Were you, were you there at the time? No, lucky I was not there. I was actually away on holiday at a family's residence. And coming up to that time, maybe go back a little bit further. What I mean, I, I don't want to excuse him for what he did. And maybe you do in, in your mind in some way. We'll talk about that in a second. But what was going through his mind? Was he suffering from depression? Were there financial problems? Did they have a family argument? I mean, what what led him to do something so tragic as to commit a triple murder? You know, Niall, we'll never know exactly what was going through my dad's um, mind at that point. But from what we've gathered, it was, um, you can say, a bucket of financial issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Marital issues, and I think a bit of depression because it was not even, you know, you would think people tell you, know, look for these red flags and look out for this and look out for that. My dad did not display any of these. And for you as a child to return home 
or to be told that information uh, while you were on your holiday, I'm assuming an aunt or somebody or somebody you were related to had to take care of you because you were orphaned all of a sudden. Um, what was that like for you to know that your whole family were gone? The people you rely on, the people you love, the because as a child we depend so much on our family to support us. So what was that like for you? It was a horrible feeling. You know, when you feel like your insides have just been ripped out of your body, you are gutted. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's a really different feeling when you hear something like this. Mm-hmm. And being just 12 years old, uh, like you mentioned, you know, that family of mine was my support. And to hear that they were no longer, it it was horrifying to hear. And um, at the point when I was told that they are no longer, I I started making up these little scenarios in my head that, you know, maybe they are still alive. Maybe it's just a prank, you know, so that when I get home, yeah, they pop out of the closet and mm, maybe it's they a dream. are still alive. Yeah, you know, maybe, just a, a joke. maybe a dream yes. or a dream or something, the bad dream yes. you're having. Yeah. The reality just never sunk in, but the feeling is horrible. It's indescribable. It's horrible. I couldn't imagine what that feeling is like to to lose for the people that you loved most in the world. It was just awful. And it, normally if you lose one person in your family through death or through murder or to whoever it is, the other people are there to comfort you and to get you through that. But everybody who was there to comfort you was gone, all four of them. Yeah. Um, luckily, I did have family and friends Yeah. that stood by me. And that helped a bit. And but sorry, go sorry. ahead. No, no, you you go ahead. Um, there's a slight there's a slight delay between our phones, but don't worry about that. You go ahead. Continue talking. Sorry. And also, uh, counselling assisted. You know, mm. seeking professional help helped me to build that strength and uh, the techniques to cope with such a tragedy. And do you think it affected your personality? Because I know you mentioned that your life was hard, not easy, as my bubbly personality reflects. And as the years passed, I gained strength to live another day where I had dreamed of ending it all and contemplating suicide. So your your own personality was deeply affected by this. Yes, it mm. was affected. Going from a bubbly person, enjoying life, smiling and laughing, I went into this dark mode where it's just yourself in this little corner. You basically close yourself off from the world and you just try to deal with all these emotions that that are going on. I mean, I'm stepping into um, the year 2000 when I'll begin in a high school. Um, I'm not sure what um, your schooling on that day, but after secondary secondary uh, school, we secondary, call it secondary, secondary school. Yes, yeah, secondary school, and um, it's new friends, it's new everything, the environment. So it 
took a call on me and I felt that, you know, apart from dealing with the tragedy and losing the four loved ones, I had to, you know, put on those big girl panties and step out into the world and just deal with it. And when I had time to deal with the tragedy, I dealt with it. But it was just like, you know, grow up and deal with your emotional stuff later on. And not only that, I, I don't know, you know, what sort of town you lived in, whether it was a large population or a small population or a kind of place where everybody knew everybody. You also had to deal with the stigma of that as well. Like, oh, that's that's the little girl whose father murdered her whole family. So people kind of maybe your family, well, you became kind of famous for all the wrong reasons, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, um, the community that I lived in, uh, where the incident actually took place, luckily I was I moved away from from um, Chatsworth, which is located in Durban, and um, I think if I had stayed there, it it would have affected me a great deal. Mm-hmm. In communities, a lot of communities, there is, you know, a lot of stigma around mental health, especially, and suicide. And the things that you hear, I mean, I've heard things later on in my life from what transpired on that day. And, and it actually saddened me, the, the knowledge, you know, that people don't know how to educate themselves around mental health issues. No, they don't, you're right. It's really sad. And I think it's critical that, you know, in communities, whether big or small or large, that everyone educates themselves so they are able to understand what goes on, how to handle a situation, and also the person that is grieving the loss of, you know, someone now to suicide, how to handle that situation. And how did you handle it? Because it's it's easier to handle a situation like that if you're older and you've a bit you're a bit more streetwise and you're a bit more mature. But as you said, you just went into secondary school. You're still a child. And you know, when you go into school, you rely on your mom and dad to, to help you with your homework, to go to school meetings. I, I obviously know that, you know, as an orphan, obviously you were picked up by, by your relations and looked after by your relations. But that still must have been very difficult for you because every day was a reminder that your mom and dad weren't there because that was a vital time in your life to have parents and have siblings. And, you know, and that doesn't happen. I don't know how many what the statistics are in the world, but I don't think it happens to very many people that they lose everybody in their family in the one day. So... That must have been difficult, the constant reminder every day that you didn't have that same support. Yes, it was. Um, I, I really did find it hard to adjust, especially being in a different household, even though it was family. Mm-hmm. But that constant reminder or, you know, seeing seeing the adults in that home playing with their children, it, it made me long for my family mm-hmm. and it was a huge adjustment and you know sometimes you just brush it off and you you deal with it at 
I think different levels in your life. Yeah. Um, like I would only cry when I went to bed. That's how I dealt with it. During the day, it was this mask that I wore of this brave face and I could take on the world. And in the night, I would just break down and cry. And my pillow would be like the best thing ever because the pillow was the only thing that knew how I felt. Nobody around me understood why I cried and why I felt the way I did. To everyone else, it seemed, or to me, it seemed like everyone just moved on and they forgot that this little child has just gone through a lot. We should yes. step in and and give her all of that love and support that she needs. When you then got into your own relationship and you got married, you talk about that being a new chapter in your life. And I kind of understand that because you've gone from having, you know, we have two families usually in this life. We have our own family and then with the new family we create and um, when we get married or when we have a relationship. So your family, sadly and tragically, was taken away from you. But then once you get married, that's your new family. So I suppose it's easier then for you to leave the old family behind or that part of your life behind and focus on yourself. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, it was a pact that I made with myself. I told myself that once I get married, I am putting myself first because all my life, all I ever did was live in survival mode. And when I get married, it's time to let those guards down and just live life and put me first. I've always put others first. And, and starting this new chapter with my husband was something that I, I greatly I, I needed. I really needed a new chapter, a new start, and just to make peace with the past. And, and have you made peace with the past? I mean, I wonder in your mind, and maybe, and I, and I don't want to disrespect you, so please don't think I am. Um, what, <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, what are your thoughts on your father? Do you hate him? I'll be brutally honest with you. From the day of the incident up until maybe, I think, 24, 25 years old, just before I could get married, I hated my father. I hated my mother. Um, you'll have to read the book to understand why I hated yeah. both parents. Yeah. Um, and at some point in my life, I told myself, but who am I to judge their actions? They did what they did as adults, and they paid for what they've done. And who am I to hate them? They are the only mother and father that I knew. And I forgave my dad for murdering my siblings and my mom and killing himself. And I also forgave my mom for her actions. And I know people criticize me a lot after reading the book. And, you know, why did I forgive such a man? But there's, there's some point in your life where you just 
feel the need to forgive because you understand the process of life and you understand that as human beings, we all have our own path. And I cannot carry that into my future life. I cannot carry that, that hatred with me into you know, the next chapters of my life. So I had to make peace. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I did make peace. It was one of the hardest things that I could do. Uh, I think I'm lying there. Actually, it wasn't one of the hardest things. There's quite a few other harder things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, w- one of the, the items on my list was yeah. to forgive. I wouldn't forget, but I forgave wholeheartedly so that for myself, I can move on. And also for the souls of the deceased, to continue on their afterlife path. It's important that I, I did that as an individual. And is your life happier because of that, because you're able to let go? Did it give it finality? Is, is that what it's about, letting go of that negativity and bringing positivity back, back into your life? Because you, your life would have been so negative, obviously from the age of 12, until you got to that point. Was it to get rid of that negativity? Yeah, I I guess so. Uh, you know, the feeling, you know, we carry a lot of baggage as human beings. And I think when we give up certain things and understand it, your soul becomes lighter. That, that, that weight is lifted off your shoulder and you don't, mm-hmm. you don't need to carry that baggage and constantly think, you know what, I hate my father for what he did. I, you know, you become this bitter person. And I don't, I don't want to be bitter. And it really yeah, did... I know. You, you could be bitter for the rest of your life if you wanted to be. Yes. Yeah. So it, it did make me a better person leaving that. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't want to live your entire life parting this through, you know, every single chapter. So, yeah, it's, it's made me better and lighter. And, you know... I, I've put that past me. So, yeah. Mm. All in, I mean, in positive. You, you, you then decided you'd take to social media and share your story uh, on video with the hope, I suppose, of helping other people and saving lives, as you said. And soon after, you you began uh, my suicide awareness support group. Your, your own, which this is your writings. Uh, you have a suicide uh, awareness support group. Yes. Um... I, I built up the courage to share my story on social media. Uh, you know, that took a lot of guts because I've only ever shared my story with individuals that I've met. I've never shared this story on such a, you know, like a high volume, you know, it's social media. Mm-hmm. And um, after I shared that video, there, were, there was quite a few people that were, you know, asking for assistance and, you know, not a lot of people know where they can go and get help if they need help. Some people need someone to talk to and they felt comfortable speaking to me. I mean, I, I've had a true life experience. And I created the group until I think it was last year sometime, I've decided to step away and take a break from the group. So I've closed it for now. But I, I, I think I will open up soon and and try again 
Mm-hmm. I feel that our South Africans on a larger scale need to be a bit more open-minded to mental health. And hopefully when I try again, we are able to have that commitment and interaction that I hope that group can give. And do you have a family of your own now? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I, I have. Uh, we are actually a family of four. I live okay. with my husband and my two fur children, Kiara and Chloe. They are two Pekingese girls. <laughs> Those are my babies. They're your babies. But I don't have any. Yes, I don't have any human kids. We've uh, decided as a couple not to have children of our own. Okay. Uh, and that also is based on, uh, you know, decisions from my past. And there's a lot yeah. of reasons for that. But okay. for now, Kiara and Chloe keep us going, and we they're are probably the best. The best. They're probably the best looked after Pekingese in the world. <laughs> oh yes, they are like royalty. They live up to that royalty. <laughs> what What advice would you give? Just finally, um, unfortunately, in Ireland, we've seen the crime rate rise over the last few years, and we've seen more murders than we've ever seen before. Ireland was always a quite peaceful country. We didn't. We didn't. Mm-hmm. Never got that many murders, but unfortunately, we're seeing quite a lot, and a lot of murders are domestic, whereby you know a mother will kill a father, a father will kill a mother, a father will kill his kids, mm-hmm. or whatever it happens to be. For survivors of those kind of things, what advice would you give them? Uh, advice for that would be: don't give up. Mm-hmm. You know, I I've written this in my book that. You don't get a manual for life. You don't get a manual for for death and for trauma. In certain situations, you really don't know what to do, and we want to give up. Mm-hmm. And the best that an individual can do is to reach out and ask for assistance. Explain you... what you are going through. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Seek that professional advice, or even if, if you trust a family or friend with your feelings, you know, someone that's going to understand you wholeheartedly, confide in them, and, and they will help you get through it. Just don't give up. And are you, by the way, are you religious? I'm spiritual. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've touched a bit of my spiritual journey in my book as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everyone has their own journey. And, you know, this entire process from losing my family, trying to cope, it's actually brought me closer to, I think, my healing path if I can put it like that, because I've actually healed. You know, people tell you you heal uh, mentally and emotionally, but I feel that when you read this book, you will notice that I've healed mentally, emotionally, physically, and on a spiritual level. And even if we, we aren't spiritual or religious, that is fine. But wherever you believe in, you become a stronger believer.
I'm looking at some of the texts coming in here, by the way, and people are obviously very saddened by your story, but also saying what a wonderful, inspirational person that you are. And a lot of people asking questions as well, wanting me to ask you questions. <laughs> well, there was there was one there that's quite interesting. Uh, and again, I don't, I don't want to mean to keep taking you back, but somebody wants to know, what was your father's actions in your mind? Was, were they, was it driven by the personal lack of success, you know, leading to shame? Or did he feel he was kind of saving your siblings from the tragedy and hurt they would have, they would feel, I suppose, if he had have ended his own life? I don't know if, if you understand that person's what they're saying. And I, and I, I get what they're saying. And, and some people, when they do, when, when you see murder-suicide, sometimes that is partly the reason. Do, was your father, just very briefly, what, when it, you said he had financial troubles, but was he unsuccessful? Mm-hmm. Was, he, was he ashamed of his financial troubles? My dad was actually a uh, secondary school teacher. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that he felt unsuccessful. My dad was very competent, you know. Yeah. He came across as a very intelligent man. But I think maybe the standard of living or um, it could be it could be also embarrassment um, that, you know facing community and what it always boils down to what would people say you know we worry about what the next person would think about us so yes maybe there was a bit of that and um, another thing could be that he he loved his family too much to leave them behind. But I don't know if that's, that's even correct because he left me behind. And, um, you know, there's well, you, a lot well, of... Well, you weren't there, thankfully, Alicia. You weren't yes. there. And I think if I was there, it would have been me as well. Probably. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't really have, you know, sound... Um, I suppose there's a million things. God knows yeah. in the last number of years, so many things have probably gone through your head as to why somebody would do that. And I suppose you've probably read up on loads of different cases and different stories similar to yours and tried to understand it. But I don't think we'll ever understand. And I've seen cases similar no. to yours here in Ireland, by the way. But I don't think we'll ever understand yeah. why people do something like that. And, and, and they do it to people they love, or they certainly claim to love anyway. But look, your, tr- your story is truly yeah. inspirational. And... Um, Martin there says there's another book for his book list, by the way. Uh, just to remind you, Martin, the yeah. book is called Orphaned by Suicide. And where is the book available, by the way, Alicia, if they want to get it? Okay. Um, for all our international readers, you can get Orphaned by Suicide from Amazon or Kindle. And then if you are listening in from South Africa, then they are available at selected bookstores. You can just pop me a message on my Facebook page and um, you can also get a book directly from me only if you're in South Africa if <laughs> you can get a book directly from me so yeah well, unless, unless they're going to be listening to the podcast I doubt they'll, they'll have a, a radio good enough to pick us up in South Africa but they may be listening online <laughs> as well but you never you never know but a lot of people yeah, listening here in Ireland to your story listening online. <laughs> <laughs> Amazon uh, or Kindle of course and you're looking for the author is Alicia Sudas uh, Ramdari and uh, again, I hope I pronounced it right. Um, a South African yeah. author, originally from Durban in South Africa. Alicia, it's been a pleasure talking to you. You're inspirational, truly inspirational. And sorry for the tragedy you went through in your life. 
but I'm glad you're happy now with your husband and those two beautiful babies of yours. Thank you so much, Nev, for having me on your show. And, you know, sometimes things happen in our lives. We don't understand the reason for it. But I'm glad that I came out stronger and I'm able to help the world. Um, I'm able to share my strength and my love with the rest of the world. So thank you, everyone that's listening. I love you a lot. I may not know you, but be strong and uh, buy the book. Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio, the multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show.